From now on, it's life without girls. I'm through with them. I mean it this time. Hello? Yeah? Of course. <laughs> well, that was Kara. She asked me to jump out of an airplane tomorrow, and I said yes. <laughs> Good night. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. This is the Married with Children Podcast. My name is Al. Dan, Jamie, when did you get home? How was your day? I keep landing on Data Kennedy, lose a turn. <laughs> this is Jamie. <laughs> Just don't drive near any lakes with him. <laughs> exactly. And I'm Dan. Alex, it's your spin. Okay, I landed on sexual intimacy. <laughs> Uh, I think we should skip this for now and just get to the show, guys. (laughs) We are reviewing The Mystery of Skull Island, Season 6, Episode 14, original air date January 5th, 1992. We are out of 1991. God, we, I mean, just think, we started this, it was 1987, we are in 92 now. That's crazy, man. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Kevin Coran. Bud will do anything for his woman, even if it means going head over heels. Special guest stars, Bobby Phillips as Kara. Huh, that's strange. Danny Lee Clark as Biff or Nitro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first let's get to the title of this episode. The title of this episode is um, actually... Not a reference to King Kong. Uh, it's, it's a reference to the 1960s film, The Mystery of Thug Island. Uh, that reminds me of a funny joke. I remember um, <laughs> on The Simpsons, it was a Treehouse of Horror episode, and Lenny and Carl are talking. Hey, I heard we're going to Ape Island. Yeah, to capture a giant ape. I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Candy Apple Island? What do they got there? Apes, but they're not so big. <laughs> Letty and Carl are the most like underrated duo ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um Skull Island, I guess, is what the King Kong thing was, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This won't spoil you know, we like to treat this as if you're watching the show. We don't like to talk about the end till the end, even though everyone on earth who's listening to this has seen it. <laughs> But at the same time, I want to ask, where is Skull Island and what was the mystery? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Uh, I don't... <laughs> I, I was waiting the entire episode to figure that out and um, never did. I was so confused going into this episode. I'm like, oh, well, this sounds like a fun episode. Who knows? What the- it sounds like a, uh, a Hardy Boys title. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Herring probably knows the answer. Of course he does. (laughs) Hello, everyone. 
it's Jerry, aka Steve's number one fan, and I wanted to drop by real quick to talk about the uh, title of this episode, The Mystery of Skull Island. Um, I, I know that the series really likes to do a play on its titles, referencing something that goes along with the episode. I cannot figure out why they did this. At first, I was like, okay, it's got to be a reference to King Kong, because King Kong is from Skull Island. Uh, but it's not. It says that the title is referring, is referring to Mystery of Thug Island. Um, but that is the alternate title of a movie called Kidnapped to Mystery Island from 1964, which is about a three-year-old named Ada, daughter of British Captain McPherson, who is captured by the Indian Tuck sect to represent the incarnation of Kali. Uh, ever hidden in a vast underground system of caverns, she watches over human sacrifices and doubting her vocation. Fifteen years have passed when her f- father finally finds her and attempts a rescue together with a snake hunter who has fallen in love with her. And a battle ensues. Um, wh- wh- what does any of that have to do with this episode? What, Like, who named this episode? Did they read what the episode was about at all? Did, like... I don't, like, is the Thug Island supposed to be a reference to Grandmaster B? Uh, is Bud the human sacrifice in this episode? Is he the rein- is, I, I don't know, is Kelly the reincarnation of Kali or something? I, I, none of this makes sense, and I, I just had to send something in to talk about it, because I, I legit want to know, if you have a theory of why this is called the Mystery of Skull Island, and why it's named after a movie called Kidnap to Mystery Island, aka Mystery of Thug Island, please let me know. For the love of Steve, inform me. But uh, that's it for me. I will see you guys later. Sunday, Bud meets the woman of his dreams. It was a real girl. Honest. There was no blow-up tube in the back or anything. Who gives him a lesson in tough love. I'm hurt, Dad. Well, that's what happens when you lay the Bundy on some bed. Married with children. It's just a natural result of 30 seconds of blind lust. And in perhaps the most monumental Supreme Court decision in over 100 years... (laughs) And the missiles of this small Mideast country remain pointed at the... Yeah, she just changed the channel. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. I know. Isn't that messed up? Like, you know how people put you down? Like, don't you watch the news? Don't you read newspapers? Don't you know what's going on in the world? And for the most part of my life, I was the guy who doesn't because I just don't care. Because there's nothing you could do about it. There's, everything's bad news. It's so bad. Everything. Everything. And I, and I think they, they tried to give good news. One time, like, there was a little span, I believe, in the 90s where they, they actually – because somebody said something about it. And uh, or a lot of people did. <laughs> One guy was like, "Hey!" So they changed the whole news. They always have those little fluff pieces, you know, like they have to. old man saves cat from tree, and you know right. stuff like that. Uh, the human interest stories. He said, "Old man saves cat from old man." Yeah, why does he have to be old? <laughs> I don't know because that was an actual stone actual story that i was referring to <laughs> if, if i saved a cat would they be referring to me like that at that point <laughs> old man drops cane i know you're revigoration for life i don't know i'm over here wearing a blossom hat <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty old whoa well they must have had a fine round to pin the tail on the shoe salesman up in heaven today <laughs>
middle-aged woman comes into the shoe store. She's wearing a blossom hat. You know, the I'm just a cute young girl of 45 look. And she's looking for something cool to wear to a Crosby, Stills, and Nash reunion concert. So I suggest a nice recyclable paper bag to put over her face. You know, so she can save the planet two ways. So she maces me. But as I lash out blindly, I think I clipped her a good one in the teeth. So from now on, it looks like she'll be gumming the words to teach your children. <laughs> How was your day, pumpkin? Daddy, when did you get home? How was your day? Well, a, a middle-aged woman came to the shoe store wearing a blossom hat. Slightly whiplash, unhand that horse. It sounds like a normal Wednesday. Yeah, uh, he suggests she wears a paper bag on her head. Like, <laughs> this guy don't care about commission. <laughs> uh, he clipped her in the teeth, so he took a little skin off the knuckles. Hey, uh, I guess he won't be arrested for assault or anything. Yeah, right. Uh, like the guy who hit Arnold Schwarzenegger, but let's not even get into that. Oh my god, can you believe that? That was a month ago, whatever, but still, a guy drop kicks Arnold Schwarzenegger in his back when he's trying to... Be, do a good deed and be with these kids and stuff like dude he's 71 years old not only are you a coward if you did that to him when he was 35 but now he's 71 you're a bigger coward now right and i exactly. swear that dude was wearing a leather jacket and jeans i thought it was chuck norris <laughs> yeah somebody said something like that i did oh that was you yeah <laughs> she's like i did just now <laughs> oh, I did when we saw the clip, but and I thought because you see the kids working out in the background or whatever they're doing, like behind him talking. I yeah. thought it was going to be an accident, you know. I thought maybe right. some kid was going to be doing something, and then all of a sudden this dude comes out of nowhere and drop kicks him. And I'm like, what? That was on purpose. Like, and he ba- he barely even moved him. If you saw from the other angle, he moved him like a foot, maybe. <laughs> it was like, it was Robbie. Did... Yeah, he was like Robbie Keane. Thank God Arnold wasn't on the top of a staircase. <laughs> exactly. I, I'll bet Al wishes he had those moves uh, in the next episode we're about to review. <laughs> oh, absolutely, dude. Sugar Ray would have got it, man. <laughs> so Peg kisses Kelly hello, which is strange to see. It's as if they're close. <laughs> yeah. Hi, honey. Oh, hi, Peg. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Honey, when's your daddy getting home? Oh, hi, honey. Guess what we're going to do this evening? Get naked and try to figure out where our interesting parts used to be. Aw, shoes got you down, Bunky. Well, this should cheer you up. I've invited Marcy and Jefferson over for a game of ethical dilemma. Oh, a dream come true, by gum. You mean I actually get the opportunity to play a board game with two people I can't stand and Jefferson? Because <laughs> obviously the setup is that he would say he can't stand the two people coming over, but he flipped it around. <laughs> right. And that was great to hear. We're still dying for the days where these guys become like best buds, and now we finally got a taste. Well, and, and I think that was one of the first lines alluding to that fact, right? Yeah. Because, you know, they've been – they've had many conversations together, and 
you know, even when he went to the bar with him that day, like he was already there. You know, it's not like they went to the bar together or anything. So it's good to see that like Al's coming around. Like, well, just like in the recent episode, he goes, "Want to go out and grab a beer?" Because Al's uh, right. whatever uncle died. He goes, "Yeah, when once you leave." <laughs> yeah, right. It'd be it's great that we're finally getting here. And it should last because he's not wearing a uh, clapping hat or a blossom hat for that matter. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of blossom, the guy who played her older brother, the, he was the addict on the, or the recovering addict on the show that was responsible for several special episodes. <laughs> a very special blossom. He previously appeared on Married with Children as a pizza delivery guy in season four's You Gotta Know When to Hold 'em, part one. Nice. And his name is. M- Michael Stoyev. Stoyanov. Stoyanov, that's what I said. Wow. His name is Michael Stoyanov. <laughs> um, ethical Dilemmas based on a real-life party game called A Question of Scruples. Although the game board seems to be a combination of Monopoly and the game of life. Right. Uh, I used to play, and we just called it Scruples. I remember Scruples. Yeah, I don't remember if it was actually called A Question of Scruples and everyone just called it Scruples, but um, I actually have that game still. Scruples. Yeah, and it was basically you would ask questions like, you know, it was kind of like a what would you do in this situation kind of thing. Yeah, right. It was big for about a minute. Yeah, oh, wow. I got a question for you guys, though. Now, do you still play board games? Uh, Yeah, I do quite a bit. Yeah? Uh, Once in a while... Once a, a couple times a year, I'd say. It's just, I don't know. I've always loved them. When I was a kid, I was an only child. I used to play Life by myself. Right. <laughs> and I. If you played Life by yourself, you probably didn't have one. I was, and I mean, I was like little. I was, Aww. You know, I was like seven. And I would have three or four different cars that I would play. And I would take turns for each family that I was playing and go through the game. I always won. <laughs> Um, but, and then that's, that sounds, that sounds really lame. I know. No, not at all. The thing is, I've always loved board games and if I didn't have anybody to play with, I would just play with myself. Okay. You know, all those years that you were playing that game though, you were just like, I hope someday this comes up on a podcast and I can use that punchline. So I could say I played with myself. That would be an innuendo, you know. Jamie puts the little pegs in. These are my friends. <laughs> well, believe it or not, guys, Married with Children itself had a board game. In 1990, what? they released, yeah, Galoob released a Married with Children board game where you would, um, you'd have to know the personalities of the characters. Wow. Uh, what if you were Al? How would you scheme if you were oh, Bud? I'd be, oh, that's fun. I want to play that. Yeah, I can totally we play? I forgot about Galoob. Are they still around? We should get it. We, we should gotta get find it. it, and then we can do a Patreon. Yes. I have it. You Maybe have it? I have it. Oh, yeah. My sister bought it for me for Christmas. Oh, my. Great Christmas gift. Wow. Ah, that was the greatest Christmas gift in history. She topped everybody. Jen is the best. Wait, do they still sell Jen, it? Jen, Jen. Uh yeah, you can you can get it on eBay. We should all get it and then play. Like Yeah, saying and yes. Uh-oh. That would be totally fun. Now this this was made during the time they got rid of Steve. 
because the game only contains the uh, the the Bundys and Marcy, so there's no Steve in here, and Buck's even there. In your face, Jerry Herring. Yep, they they have nobody, no Jefferson, and no Steve. So, hey, can you imagine like right? They they were like already in development, uh, guys. So we're losing Steve. We just want to give you a heads up. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's uh, yeah, re remap this whole thing out. I so, even I made a Cheers board game before. There there is one now, but prior to that, I created an entire Cheers game. <laughs> I was gonna sell it. I never did. <laughs> Then somebody else came out with it. So there's that. So he's the way. <laughs> and you want to roll a five every game. Sorry. Gee, Daddy, I guess it's true what they say. Life really does begin at 40. <laughs> well, at least I'm not the only one with no life around here. Where is your brother, anyway? He's out with a girl. No, I said your brother. You know, you know, Bud. I know he's out with an actual girl. No, I was asking about Bud. I know. You could have knocked me over with the weather, but I tell you, it was a real girl. Honest. There was no blow-up tube in the back or anything. Look, he was out with a real girl. I'm hurt, Dad. Well, son, that's what happens when you lay the Bundy on some babe. The natural result of 30 seconds of crazed abandon. Come on, tell Dad all about it. Now, here's the weird thing. Now, in the promo that we played before we started reviewing, in this line... Now, this is what Al originally says. It's just a natural result of 30 seconds of blind lust. And here he says, The natural result of 30 seconds of crazed abandon. We always wondered when somebody messes up or whatever, like when Al stutters a line and stuff, why don't they just do it again? So clearly they do do it again. Right, right. I was going to say, I wonder if they, if they changed it for rating purposes. Like maybe they didn't want him saying lust. But that doesn't seem right because they say all sorts of stuff on this show. Right, yeah. Well, that that happens all the time, though, in trailers, too, where the lines yeah. aren't, aren't in the movies. So I, I'm sure that they probably just have different variations of the line, I would assume. And one thing that I noticed about that, I mean, I know it's for obvious reasons, but I love how they, like, amp up the laugh track in the background. Oh, yeah, like everything's so hilarious. Yeah, you have to watch this. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Bud seriously looks messed up. I am totally done with women. What? What, did you get married? <laughs> no, Dad. Well, don't worry, son. Remember, it gets better each time, as long as it's never with the same woman. <laughs> Wipe your chin and listen to me, Dad. Now, as you know, I've been laying this Grandmaster B thing on all the babes. Well, finally one bought it, and she took me to this rap club. Well, I got my hat turned around and all, and I'm cool, I'm cool. Until she said, hey, that guy over there is looking at me. Waste him for me, B. And that, that's exactly how she talks. She always says B. Right. So I go up to him and I look him right in the eye. So what happened then, son? Then he stood up. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm floating in a tunnel of light with Grandma and Elvis at the other end. 
Grandma and Elvis, what'd you do? Die and go to International House of Pancakes? <laughs> that was one of my favorite jokes. You saw Grandma and Elvis, what'd you die and go to an International House of Pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> That's that was right. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's their heaven. Her dad beat him up afterwards. I mean, this is just weird. So Kelly calls him Grand Bastard. Now, I thought it was strange that the only time anyone of the the Bundy family ever got Bud's name correct was when Al woke up from the shoe dick dream, right. and he said. Aren't you a street rapper Grandmaster B? Mm -hmm. That means, which is obvious to me, and I think everybody, that they're deliberately messing up his name. That's why I always found it weird when Bud corrects anybody in the family. He's like, it's Grandmaster B. It's not, when they call you Grandma B and Bushwhacker B (laughs) and all this stuff, or Grand Bastard, like, they're not messing up. Right. They're making fun of you. Right, right. So I always found that weird that he corrects them. But in that one episode, it's the only time Al said it correctly just to see if it was a dream or not. Mm -hmm. So I think it's strange that although none of that happened and that running joke in the family never took place now that it was all a dream, they yet pick up on it again as if it's inevitable. (laughs) Right. Yep. Cherry picking the certain things and just riding with it. Right, because yeah. that's not a running gag anymore. Nope. It never happened. Nope. And it is pretty inevitable that Kelly will always make fun of him. Right. Right. Bushwhacker B. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it has provided her with a lot of great one-liners. That, like, it's just one of those things that it just never gets old. <laughs> Grandma B. <laughs> Grandma B. As long as it's always good. Yeah, Grandma. <laughs> Bushwhacker. I'm telling you, Dad, I am through with women. Oh, no. Who's going to fill them shoes? (laughs) Gee, Kel, it's 7 o'clock. Shouldn't you be cuffed to a radiator by now? (laughs) Aye. Oh, Father, I have angered the Grand Bastard. (laughs) That's Grand Master. (laughs) At least it was Grand Master. From now on, I'm Bud. Bud Bundy, take me for what I am. As soon as the door opens and this amazingly hot chick is there, he turns the hat backwards. Hey, little girly, my bedroom's upstairs. Word to your mother. Oh, B, thank you for not hurting my father. Well... From the fetal position, I can kill in three different ways. Word to your father. You should have seen him, Mr. Bundy. All rolled up in a little ball in the corner, ready to strike. Uh, (laughs) like, that's awesome. Now, she really is hot, man. Like, looking at her is amazing. But, wait a minute. How can she exist? Oh, my God. Now, what's fascinating is that she was the first girl Bud landed when Al was building a room of his own and the hammer landed on his head. That's the girl he was with on the couch. Okay. And he was Grandmaster B then. Right. So, how is she here? Now, the only way to make this work... I know. Believe it or not, she was a different character when it happened the first time. 
in this episode, her name is Kara. Right. In that episode, her name was Jill. Okay. In If Al Had a Hammer. Now, that must mean that if she really exists, then Al just saw her passing by, like a passerby. Right. And he just remembered her and somehow had her paired up with Bud in his dreams. Or it could have been a situation where we saw that, like, so it's a different character, right? Kara. Maybe it was a situation where off screen, somehow she was already with Bud. So, So when he had the dream, he had that to reference, even if we didn't see it. And then obviously this is the end result. It makes no sense. I'm trying here, guys. No, I'm I'm trying too, and it's like it doesn't make any sense. Maybe he saw her and th- and just thought her name was Jill or imagined or whatever, and he thought Bud could get with a girl like that with his Grandmaster B bit, because maybe Al in his subconscious thinks, oh yeah, that's a that's a that could really work. I think you know that's what kids are into these days. So he it, it, it kind of was like it unknowingly came to fruition, right? And, and while while I agree with your attempt to explain it, <laughs> I know. Uh, no, but but here's the thing, though. As writers, though, they have to ask these questions. Like you know, yeah, they have to say, "Well, we can't do this because right. we we had her announced dream. So now what?" Exactly. I think it's probably just an Easter egg for people to recognize her. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. You know, it's just so weird. To, to do this. Well, no, it's not only the fact, it's the character name change, too. That That's what's kind of weird about it, right? And we just did that, too, with the Butter Lefkowitz thing. Remember that? Right. Exactly. Exactly. They keep bringing the same girls back, but changing their names. Meanwhile, why would we care if her name? Why couldn't the girl who's trying out for Weenie Tots eventually do, you know, <laughs> date Bud or whatever? Like, right. I don't understand. Right. Right. Well, it's just confusing, you know. I mean, if you want to, if you want to call them different characters every time they come back, that's fine. But when you're referencing uh, what's perceived to be kind of the same character, just one in a dream and one in in real life now, it doesn't make any sense. Unless, like I said, maybe before the dream, Al had something it, that no, that doesn't make sense either. That blows up my whole theory. Never mind. Yeah, he must have just seen her yeah. in the mall, in the mall or something. Maybe she bought shoes or something at his place. Right. And Al even alluded to the idea one time that he does dream about these women that he sees in the shoe store. If you remember when Jade, Terry Weigel's character, she says, do you remember me? And he said, nightly. So he's basically saying, I dream about the hot girls that come in here. So this could have been how Al dreamt of this girl, just didn't know her name. And how Bud ended up with her in real life. <laughs> but what what are the odds, though? That like, What are the odds, yeah. That would come to fruition and right. he and Bud would actually end up with her in real life. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, I think, what they call in the business a plot hole. Exactly, yeah. It's just go with it. That's all. <laughs> but on this show, it's our job to theorize and make sense of things. So don't think we're taking it too seriously. I'm just trying here. I'm trying to, <laughs> to make this universe come together. And it's an whatever. alternate universe. Yeah. Anyway, I've got some great news. What? Mike Tyson was looking at you funny? <laughs> I booked us on a rafting trip down a river the Indians used to call Kisha White Ass Goodbye. <laughs> 
if you think I'm kissing my white ass. Oh, please be. I'd be so grateful. Let's do it. I never did white water rafting. It sounds interesting, but I just can't imagine that the way, like, my whole life where it all wraps up is going on a stupid rafting trip, getting launched out of a raft, my head hits a rock, you know? I just <laughs> I just want lesser odds of me dying when I go do something. I am into snowboarding and, and all this and, like, uh, surfing and all those kinds of things because you just land on snow or water. But I don't know, something about those boulders being next to me with water that rough, I just can't. Right. I used to kayak. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's close. Back in the days. Dangerous. Yeah. I go uh, sailing in those catamarans, those really, like, hardcore sailboats. Yeah? Yeah. That's that's really... That makes <laughs> you think of Jaws, too. Yeah, dude. You should beat him by a shark. It's really crazy, though, how fast you get going and you're, you're bouncing up there. It's basically like a big trampoline on two buoys is what oh it is. God. Baba buoys? Exactly. Baba buoys. <laughs> That's about as hardcore as it gets for me, though. Hey, that's good enough. Yeah. You're still alive. That's what counts, man. That's what matters. <laughs> Barely. Daddy, aren't you going to say anything to him? Well, who am I to give advice? Another hour, I'll be saying, Marcy, it's your spin. Cut <laughs> to? Marcy, it's your spin. Uh-oh. I've landed on childhood trauma. <laughs> wow. What a for what foreign land for Marcy, huh? Because you know she's she's never gone there. She should be like a grandmaster of. She's a super bowl of self abuse. <laughs> yeah, if this was the gist of it, she'd be like, yeah. Come on, Marcy, share, go to denial. <laughs> oh, all right. I remember my puppy Winkums. Winkums was tied to the back of my bike. Hey, Al, another Friday night and I got a keg of beer in the back. Let's go beat the hell out of somebody, pick up a couple of private school girls and rock the pleats right off their skirts. Will it always be like this, Al? You bet. The boys will never die. Al, it's your turn to move your thimble. Get in touch with your feminine side. (laughs) (laughs) Tough break, buddy. Oh, I'll tell you, Al. It's Friday night. I got a cup of herb tea. We're with the girls we love. (laughs) And we're playing a game that's sure to become the next middle-aged craze. Will it always be like this, Al? No, one day it'll be just like this, only we'll be wearing Depends undergarments. Why would he think that? Like, it's alluded that Jefferson was cool when he was younger. Like, when later on, Bud will have a birthday party and he'll say, Yeah, I remember 18. Girls all, all over the place. The phone never stopped ringing off the hook. And then he talks about having a motorcycle. Like, he had this, like, great life growing up, as as he says. So it's weird that Jefferson thinks this is great. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. 
you know? Yep. Not not only does it work for the joke that he's a loser, I guess, and he thinks this is great, but also it's like, why? Right, exactly. That's not your feminine side speaking. No, my feminine side is on the couch watching Oprah and occasionally pushing aside a breast to scratch my knee. <laughs> Bitch. Now it's my turn. Oh, please don't let her land on sexual intimacy. Sexual intimacy? <laughs> okay. If your lover suddenly was unable to perform anymore... <laughs> and was a shoe salesman... <laughs> and named Al... Oh, possibly say that. Oh, my God, it does. <laughs> and an old lover came back to town. I guess they mean Jim. Would you have a sleazy affair with him? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah. <laughs> I love that moment, too, where she's like, and is named Al, and he's like, it can't possibly say that. He takes the card and he's like, oh, my God, it, it actually says that. That's so funny, man. Like he is like it's what they're alluding to is if you looked up de- like the loser definite uh, the definition of loser in the dictionary it would have his picture. That's basically what, <laughs> what the, where they're going with this. Right. So Peg would have an affair, she says, which is messed up because we just saw example after example of Al resisting recently with um uh, Jessica Hahn, and we've seen it multiple times before. But it would not go the other way. Well, I did it. I survived the river. I never felt so alive. The rush of the water, the feeling of flight as you're launched out of the boat. And the good, clean crack of a pelvis as it meets one of nature's finest pointy rocks. And as I lay there clinging for dear life, I couldn't help but notice the beauty of nature as it sat on my chest, pecking at my eyes. It thought it could carry me to its young ones, but I guess the joke was on it, because I was too heavy and it dropped me in part of the river the Indians used to call Nutcracker Falls. But at least you weren't with them. (laughs) Yeah, but you people are old. You still have needs. From now on, it's life without girls. I'm through with them. I mean it this time. Hello? Bud is through with girls again, until five seconds later, Kara wants to jump out of an airplane with him. She wants to do some point break action. So Kara's kind of cool. You know, she's like an adrenaline junkie. Mm-hmm. She could hang out with Patrick Swayze and the dudes from Point Break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, you guys ever go skydiving? Never. No. No, thanks. I'm all set. I- I'm afraid of heights, which is odd since I'm a lineman. It would make no sense. Like, why am I always up in, in the telephone poles if I'm afraid of heights? But I just do that for money. Right. Now, does it ever bother you up there? Once you get in the bucket truck and you start going up, that initial feeling of going up, mm-hmm. I always get this l- tiny little flutter in my stomach. Right. But once you're up there working and even looking down, it's it's not really like a big deal. 
Now, like like you asked um, about being hooked in to the sailboat, are you hooked into the bucket? Well, yeah, you're strapped in with a lanyard in case you fall out of the bucket for whatever reason. Um, or else you attach hooks to your feet and you climb up the pole with a belt. Or else you're just the feet, hooks, and your hands only. Sounds like a lot of work. That was that was scary. Because yeah. I had to climb a 90-foot pole. You just have these little tiny hooks coming in the sides of your boots that stab into the telephone pole yep. and you just use your hands freehand right didn't you have to do that as part of your test when you um yeah 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 T- to become a lineman yeah yeah no i used to do tree work with my buddy and he had him he climbs right up the tree that's that's hot yeah yeah they're called calves yep yeah it's it's going that high that is but again, I just did it because my life wasn't going very well and I had to change my career. And if I didn't, then I would just be like stuck forever in limbo or whatever you want to call it. And that was my only out because I don't have like a great education or anything. So th- this was my only out to have like normal stuff, mm-hmm. like a house or whatever. So I had to do what I hate the most. Yeah, but look at look at what came from that, though, you know? Oh, yeah, so much has changed. I mean, I guess it was worth it. What's it like to have a life? (laughs) People think that being young and beautiful is exciting and everything, but actually it's pretty boring. I mean, take today, for example. There I am in the mall, and this guy, some geezer rock star, steps on my foot. You know that Springsteen guy? (laughs) The boss? Well, I don't think so, Daddy. His wife seemed to be the one in charge. (laughs) Well, anyhow, it was downhill from there. There I am, hitching a ride, and who should pick me up? The Swedish bikini team. <laughs> they wanted to drive me home and come in for a beer, but I've heard you say hundreds of times you didn't like people drinking your beers. Your so time's I... up, Al. I know. So then Ernie Banks... Uh, comes... Pumpkin, could you go wait for the mail? Okie dokie. <laughs> Oh, Daddy, if it makes you feel any better, you're a lot younger than the guy the bikini team ended up going home with. Man, the Swedes must just be big drinkers. Back in, <laughs> back in 96, when the Olympics came to Georgia, I was working in a convenience store. And the Swedish volleyball team came in. What? And it, and it was after hours. And um, they wanted me to sell them some beer and I was like, I can't. It's after 1130 because back then you couldn't sell beer after 1130. I was actually I think it's still the rule, but whatever. I don't live there anymore. But I was like, I, uh, I can't. It's after 1130. And they're like, oh, that's crazy, you know, because they're not American or they, especially Southern. So they're like, that right. makes no sense. And they gave me a set, which I still have. They gave me a set, a full set of Olympic pins. What? To sell them some beer after hours. Did you do it? Yes, I did it. What? Yes. <laughs> desperate. Uh, Kelly mentions almost getting stepped on by that Springsteen guy, and Al asks if it was the boss, of course, referring to Bruce Springsteen. And then she's like, I don't think so. His wife seemed to be the one in charge. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, in the same breath, she mentions that. She almost got a ride from the Swedish bikini team who wanted to come in, but 
she knows her dad is very adamant about people not drinking his beers. So <laughs> she didn't bring them in. And you can see him like he is so unhappy but at that point. <laughs> He's so but, sad. Uh, but it's OK because they show up later this season in the gas station show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great episode, too. So Al improved the poem I Care by Al Bundy. <laughs> now this, you know, we talk about Al's speeches, this, that, uh, things didn't land so well and I'll follow the sun or whatever, but this I Care by Al Bundy is incredible. <laughs> I Care by Al Bundy. <laughs> when Hooters jiggle around... <laughs> And I find nickels on the ground, I care. When a Mustang engine purrs and the bathroom is not hers, I care. When the pitcher's on the mound and the wife is underground, I care. But when I've been playing this for days, I will kill anyone who stays, I swear! a scare, check out his underwear. <laughs> if you dare. I loved it. You know why? Because it uh, it kind of seemed improv in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was very, um, it was very just, uh, it was very L. Well, I'm going to jump out of an airplane now and plummet to my death. Basically for nothing. Just wanted to say goodbye. Hey. Hey, Al's not moving his thimble down the path to intimacy. Hmm. Gee, that's a first. I'm using my get out of sexual intimacy card free. You have to say it before you spin. Drop dead. Bite me. And nobody seems to listen or care. Kelly talks to Bud. She really does care. I'm glad I caught you, Thumbsucker B. It's time that we had a little boy-girl talk. Now let's pretend that you're the boy. Okay. Okay, I'm number 27. Do I get in line behind the sailors over there? Look, I'm just trying to help you, Drippy. Now let me tell you about women. I already know about women, Kel. Yes, but there's more to us than just inflate until feet start to plump. Now, as we both know, you are doing this for sex. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what a guy does or says or how he treats us. The second we see a guy, we already know whether or not he's going to get sex. Which, by the way, explains why you've never gotten any. Hey, now if that was even close to true, do you think I could still hold my head up? Look... All I'm saying is that if she hasn't let you touch her yet, she never will. And if you still feel the need to do something dangerous, throw out your clear sill. There are times when you meet a guy and, like, at first you may not think that there's anything there that will grow on you. And then, you, you know, when you get to know him. I've always been big on personality. So uh, it's, it's interesting, like, when, when women say, you know, I love him because he makes me laugh or whatever. And guys are like, oh, that's crazy. You know, they, they basically call us liars whenever we say that. 
Um, <laughs> it's actually true. Like I have always been big on personality. And the more I get to know someone, the more attractive they are. Oh, sometimes, sometimes it goes the other way. But <laughs> yeah, like right. sometimes you'll meet someone and they are, they end up just getting uglier and uglier the more you get to know them because of who they are. Yeah, that's what happens with me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wow, this guy's, he's all right looking. And all of a sudden. Yeah, like I'm really going to take the advice of someone who's fooled by every single disguise of the tricks rabbit. <laughs> Like, you know who he is until his ears flop out. <laughs> Do you guys remember those commercials? Yes. Where the tricks rabbit, he would try to steal his own cereal or something like that? I don't even remember what the premise was, what the setup was. Yeah, why did he have to pretend to be anything else to be able to eat his... Oh, because the whole thing is uh, silly rabbit tricks are for kids. Right. That's what it was, yeah, so... Oh, oh, so because he's a rabbit, he's not supposed to be eating cereal. Right, right, Jamie? Do you remember those commercials? Yeah, of course. So he would, like, put, all of a sudden the kids would pull off a mask or something and his ears would flop out? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he would disguise himself to try to get some tricks. <laughs> <laughs> it's wabbit season. Yeah. So Al got the cuddle card. <laughs> so everyone goes and hugs him. Like, you would think Marcy would not want to. It's so weird. You remember how we always say she does little things out of character with him? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, it's not necessarily out of character per se. If you go back to the uh, Rest in Peace Bosco episode even. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but at the same time. She flip-flops, right? So she yeah, goes right. back and forth with it. It's either ruthless insults or, like, you know, th but but you're right. Like, I would describe it as out of character for her overall. Overall, yeah. But then she just comes out with those, like, out of nowhere, and you're like, huh, okay. <laughs> well, they're on an airplane now, and the set looks great. What do you guys think of it? Does it, like, for a, a, t a comedy sitcom in 1992, doesn't this airplane look really good? Oh my god, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like, it's a very um, typical setup that, that they use for any TV episode ever that, to where they're jumping out of a plane. Right. But at the same time, like, yeah. I, but also, too, I just liked the scene overall, and I thought it played very well. You know, like, you felt mm -hmm. like you were definitely, like, they were jumping out of a plane. It was great. Oh, yeah. yeah I liked it. The instructor, the skydiving instructor... Danny Lee Clark, I know him because he was in Saved by the Bell, the college years. <laughs> he played a karate instructor. Really? And he flipped Tiffany Amber Thiessen over his uh, shoulder or whatever. Oh, yeah. To show a move that she has to do if anybody attacks her. His big thing, which I alluded to earlier, he is famous. He's the American Gladiators. Remember that show? Absolutely. Yeah, I, re yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he was Nitro. That was Nitro. That was like one of yeah, my. He was Nitro. Was one of my uh, goals, like as a kid, I was like, I have to make it on American Gladiators. Yeah, I think they brought back that show too at one point, but I feel like if they did it again now, like it would be, it would be huge. But you'd have to get like, yeah, real world stars on it. <laughs> he he was Nitro from. 89 to 96, <clears throat> seven seasons that show went. 
But he's done other stuff. He has 20 credits. His top movies or things he's known for is uh, Equilibrium. He was a lead sweeper. <laughs> uh, Looking for Bruce, Death Becomes Her, and Ellen. <laughs> well, okay then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was also in Walker, Texas Ranger. Of course he was. Because <laughs> that's what a ranger's got to be. So, does anybody have any questions in case we get tangled up in power lines? <laughs> yes. Is there any way to get out of them and still live? No. Now with the piddly training you guys have had. <laughs> that's how I like it. no 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 have you guys ever seen um you know people that work at carnivals and stuff like that like say that to people like right as they're about to go up they'll be like oh no that's not fastened and then hit the button oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. like that's a joke that'll never get old and like as mad as you are you're like touche carney touche yeah he says that you can't survive and the truth (laughs) is you can because it's called uh, being isolated. Oh. It's like you're a bird on a wire, basically. You know, that's okay because you're not going to ground. If electricity, if it doesn't go to ground through you, you're going to live. What? Yeah, you don't die. The only way you could die on power lines is if you cross phases. Now, you know how there's like three power there's three cables going across the top of a telephone pole? Yeah. So those are primary cables and they're all different phases. If if you look up at the pole, you'll see that each one of them are colored different. Okay. You can't cross phases. So if Bud lands on the, these power lines, if he just lands on one and he grabs it and is hanging there, he'll live. But if he if his body lays across two different phases, he will die. Wow. Because that now the electricity meets each other in you, and it's this huge explosion like, oh. that, like you've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what, what would be the possibilities that he would snag just one, especially with a parachute? You know, he could if you know. You never know. But I'm just saying. But that's the only way you could survive. That's why a bird on a wire survives. Right. That's right. why they don't die. Right. But if a squirrel, if a squirrel and he has one leg on one end or a tail on one end and grabs the other side, he he gets zapped and he dies. Wow. Yeah, so that's the answer to Bud's question. I guess Nitro didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) You're so brave, Grandmaster B. You're all I ever wanted in a man. My last boyfriend was so boring. All we did was make love. What a loser. Jamie, aren't those the boring ones? Oh, yeah, man. (laughs) Hey, I'll say this, too. Um, I've been on this show for a while, and we talk about hot chicks. I think that she takes the number one spot for me, guys. Oh, wow, man. Look at that. What do you think? Like, what what are you guys' opinion? I need to see a picture. (laughs) What's her name, her actual name? Um, Bobby Phillips. We gotta make sure she was nude, too. I don't know why I didn't hop on that. <laughs> Let me see. Yep, she was nude in Showgirls. I might have said that already. I feel like I said this already, but, uh, yeah, check out the movie Showgirls, or just type it in Google, and you don't have to sit through all that to see this. Showgirls. Absolutely frightening. 1995, she was nude. Yep. So she gets nude three years later. 
Yeah, she's real pretty. They look good. Yeah. <laughs> really big areolas. I mean, they're the size of a silver dollar, but... <laughs> or bigger. But, uh, hey, listen. It works. Yep. Uh, who, who am I to be picky? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely not doing this. No way, no how, never. Not for anything. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at those hooters. I'm doing it. Well, we're just about ready to go. Remember, I'll be jumping out with you, and we'll be in radio contact all the way down. You know, so I can give you instructions, just in case. Any questions? Yes. Just in case of what? Well, like if your parachute doesn't open, if it gets tangled up in itself, if there's a hole in it, or if we just forgot to put one in the pack. <laughs> Can you imagine? In case we forgot to pack the parachute. Would you even jump out after a guy says something like that who's running this thing? That's what I'm saying. Like, they got jokes for days, you know? Yeah. But I guess it is pretty safe. You know, when you ever hear somebody dying from something like that, it's always the ones that... um jump out of planes, like do like six jumps a day. I would have to have a parachute on each side of me, like a front one and a back one. Cause I just would, I'm the kind of guy who I'd pull on the cord and the the rope would just break (laughs) or else I'll pull it and all like, like kitchen utensils come out of the bag, like forks and knives and spoons and stuff, you know, like bugs, bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I just wouldn't believe my chute would open. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think they do have that, though. There's an emergency chute as well. Yeah, right? There's like a mini one, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know? That's probably what I'd have to use and break my legs on the landing. <laughs> well, I don't know if it – I don't think it's a different chute. It's just a different um, a different pull cord. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, let's go. Wait. Wait a minute. No, aren't these guys going to go first? Oh, they backed out. (laughs) But not with girls. (laughs) So exciting. My whole body feels like it's on fire. Well, before mine is, upon impact, how about just one last kiss? Which means one first kiss. Which means one last kiss. For luck? All right. One kiss for my hero. All right, Bundy! So Nitro pushes Bud out before he gets (laughs) one first and last kiss from Kara. Because that would be his last. (laughs) How you doing, Bud? Couldn't be calmer, babe. Could you put the instructor back on, please? Sure. Bud? (laughs) That's right. Just enjoy the free fall. I'm watching you all the way. Oh, man. What fun. Okay, I've had enough now. Uh, Listen, this is Grandmaster One here. Should I be at all concerned that I'm plummeting to my death over Lake Michigan? Over. Yes. But stay calm. I'll talk you in. All you have to do is say, Kara, you're cute. Thank you. You're cute, too. 
second I saw you, I knew we were going to have sex. <laughs> he's got to hear that going down while he's falling. <laughs> yeah, and then he reacts to it. It's so good. Like, uh, I thought that was great. Uh, instructor, Grandmaster One here. Uh, listen, I seem to be heading towards the smokestack of a tugboat. Could use some last-minute advice. Over. Take me, Biff. Take me now. I, I thought we were going to jump. Can you look at these and still think of jumping? <laughs> like, literally the worst thing somebody could hear falling like that. It's just yeah. Like... Also, great call back to Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, like she... Yeah, it's not like Kara heard this conversation. Right. So it ties in. She's just letting the world know that this is true. <laughs> right. <laughs> Confirming it, right? <laughs> exactly. A lot of things go on here that you can't imagine happening with a plane full of people. She says to the instructor not to jump, and then then she goes, can you jump after looking at these or whatever? And she flashes her breasts yeah. to convince him not to jump and make love to her in front of the losers who wouldn't jump too. In front of the losers. <laughs> right? Like, make love to me? Like, it, are we forgetting that there was a bunch of guys who wouldn't jump that are still there? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instructor! Kara! Mommy! <laughs> Peg hits on... All the things that she would change about Al. So you start off, she's like, she just starts listing things about him, and you wonder why. Then all of a sudden, his eyes, his chest, his butt. <laughs> what else would you change about him? <laughs> well, certainly you wouldn't want him to keep those teeth. <laughs> Jefferson, he's sitting right in front of us. <laughs> to change that birthmark on his tush shaped like Woody Allen death can't be this busy <laughs> like how messed up man <laughs> like he would just like to die and he's wondering why God has not picked his name out of that book <laughs> I feel like that line too is the perfect setup for the for what's about to come next <laughs> yeah exactly yeah he's gonna make it happen if it's not gonna happen <laughs> I'll make it happen The sparrow has landed. Did you get any? Yes, if you count mouth to mouth from a drunken sea captain. But I learned a couple of things from all this. One, there's nothing a pelican won't eat. The diet of pelicans usually consists of fish, but occasionally amphibians, turtles, crustaceans, insects, birds, and mammals are also eaten. And two, I am finally, totally, completely finished with women. Wait, let us not forget number three, that I was right. Say it. No. That's all I needed to hear. But I tell you this, the next time a girl comes up to me and wants me to do something stupid... You'll do it? You betcha. That's kind of sad. He learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> Did you think he would, though? And and this, you got to remember, this is stupid things beyond what a normal person would do. Right. You know, this is a comedy sitcom, so we're talking about things that are not even normally asked. Right, right. We're always asked to do stupid things for a girl, but not 
go on white water rapids, smashed against boulders, beat up in clubs, beat up by parents, jumping out of airplanes, pelicans, sea captains. Like, that that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. So, so he's willing to go there. Right. That's desperate. Yep. Then in the most epic ending of any Married with Children ever. <laughs> Yo, I'm so glad you just said that. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. The moment every guy <laughs> could relate to. <laughs> you know what? For a million dollars, I'd never jump out of an airplane. Al, you landed on Kiss the Neighbor. <laughs> Al looks into the camera, flip to Al on <laughs> an airplane with Biff, <laughs> is merely holding his parachute in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want your last minute instructions? <laughs> Guys, I gotta say, by far the funniest Married with Children moment for me personally. Dude, oh. I rewound it and I and I just rewatched it right before we did it. I, I, you know, I watched it like a week ago and I rewatched it. <laughs> I had to rewind it again. I probably watched that ten times. Oh, yeah, me too. You have to. Every single time. I I couldn't stop laughing my ass off. He's like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. He jumps <laughs> off the plane. Like, it's so quick, too. Like, it's like not even five seconds, and he just jumps right out. Would you like last-minute instructions? It's it's that look that he gives him, that, that just that delirious laugh. And the walk he the does, walk. it's so weird because he, he's walking like he hurt his leg or something. Right. But, but I think it's all part of the presentation and the comedic. Right, right. It's it's him walking to show that he doesn't care about anything. He's walking blindly right out of a plane. Just like, see ya. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, I was dying. I was dying. You could post that clip anywhere and say this is after doing this for a certain you know this is after my week at work this is right. that right just perfect um and it sums up the character so nicely too like if you so like you just said if you were to pull that clip and like you know um as like a an overall representation of al and how he feels about life in general yeah, and yeah. his situation at home oh it's perfect and his reaction to anything with Marcy, like it covers everything, you know. It crystallizes his view of the world and his life. Just, just that the, a delirious laugh, looking at somebody, and he's yeah. just leaping yeah. out of the plane. So Al jumps <laughs> out of the plane without a shoe properly and <laughs> leaping to his inevitable death. So I guess. Biff jumped out of the plane, landed on Al, Johnny Utah style, and pulled his own cord. Yep. That way Al could land safely, because otherwise Al wouldn't be in the next episode. Could that happen if you grab somebody like that? Yeah, normally, though, they have to pull your chute so you could hold on to them. Right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you gotta get a good grip on there, you know? Yeah. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Otherwise, you'll drop them once that shoot. Once that shoot, just I would imagine they just yank right out of their arms. Right. Just because of the force, like go, literally just going two opposite directions at that speed. Well, maybe they have to wrap their legs and arms around them. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, whole different jump, <laughs> a different leap. 
<laughs> it was <laughs> so perfect. Just the, the perfect way to end that episode because why not? <laughs> Al saying he wouldn't do it for that amount of money and then doing it to get out of something is also the capper to the whole thing. Yep. Like suddenly that is a viable option. Right. He'd rather jump out of an airplane. <laughs> it's not like it was this or that. He just wanted, like, <laughs> that's the only way he could think of getting away from Marcy, from kissing Marcy. He's, right. uh, yeah, well, he's tired of death taking his own sweet time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's really what it was, right? Yeah. And, like, I wonder how long after he landed on Kiss the Neighbor did he actually jump? Right. Like how quickly did this all happen to where he actually jumped? But that, but that—that's the gold, though. That the, is that cut. Oh, it's the cut. It's all in the cut. Editing and the timing—the time it took for just like it, it, there was no build-up to it. It's no. just laughing and jumping. Like I loved it. I thought that was perfect. It's sacrilegious to even ponder what we're pondering that we have to do on a podcast 30 years later, you know, to even wonder, oh, did he book it? Did he ask Bud? When did he get there? Like, that is actually... But but I do appreciate comedic timing like that and cuts like that. Like, they are funny. And there's something to be said about that in terms of a show that's obviously based on comedy. You know, besides right. the besides the lines themselves, a big portion of this show are cuts like that. And and I love stuff like that in a lot of shows. You know, that's why I really um I laugh really hard at Family Guy is the way they edit their shows. It's just, you know, when they cut to something very abruptly like that. And with what happened with Al and just there was just so much to set like, you know, obviously we dissect these shows. So like like we said, like a simple act like that says so much. And if you can say so much without, like, saying anything, just a maniacal laugh, like, right. that, that says a lot about a show. And, and I, I, did, I do think it's relevant to highlight stuff like that because, for me, that stuff works um, a lot better or, you know, I laugh a lot harder at moments like that than I do just dialogue, just one-liners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The cut is the magic of that joke. It is. It's perfect. Nope. It's it's a sin to ask the questions I asked about it. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like somebody would say, I can't believe you didn't wonder how quickly or when did this happen? When did that happen? Right. So I'm just saying it out loud. I obviously, uh, it's, it's the cut. That's the joke. Absolutely. That's the entertainment here. <laughs> yes. So we'll be right back to rate this episode. No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, so how many stupid things are you going to do for sex 
for this episode out of five, Dan. Um, so <laughs> this is actually a hard one for me to rate. You know, I think that they got um, a lot right. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. There weren't like many jokes that like, you know, bombed or anything. Um, so at that point, I'm sitting at, I want to say is leaning more towards a four, but that that leap at the end just bumped it up. I'd say a 4.5 for me. Um, I love this episode. And and like I said, if you can find a scene, and I'm going back to that scene again, but if you can judge an episode just based on on you know five seconds i think that i think that speaks you know very strongly to the episode in itself and for me this will always be a memorable episode because of that like i'll never forget that and like i automatically saw if it was like on youtube and everything you know what i mean like oh, yeah. it, it was, was just right? so perfect yeah yeah um but yeah so 4.5 for me nice jamie how many stupid things are you Doing for sex <laughs> out of five for this episode, The Mystery of Skull Island. Well, I'm a girl. I don't have to do stupid things. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> no, I am. I'm actually I'm on board with Dan. Pretty much everything he said, like it, this is this was a difficult one for me. I do think they did a lot of things right. I think they had a lot of of funny things. It was also kind of a weird episode in that. I don't know. It was kind of over before I realized it. Like it right. seemed to go by really fast. Right. Um, but you know, that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's, you know, a good thing. So I really like this too. I'm going to say, I'll say 4.5 as well. Nice. Yeah. And, and I think I know the, the reason for that, Jamie, it's because when they're doing the board game, um, you know, whole setup, with, with them and then you know you got uh bud storyline i think that they intersect and obviously you know like we just said it ties together so nicely at the end that it just feels like oh wow like that's the episode like like you just said it's over before you even know it yeah that's how they tied it together right yeah like yeah. it was so perfect like you had two stories going on and they just merged them perfectly and then it was over and i felt the exact same way i was like wow i was like that was solid and i do think that's a plus if an episode does that like you know you don't feel like it's dragging at any point you're just right. like, wow yeah you know? i want it to go by i want it to go by quickly not because i want to get rid right. of it but right. because you know yeah. absolutely time flies when you're having fun <laughs> flies on a plane yeah <laughs> Yeah, that that's a sign of a great episode when um when it's over before you know it, you know exactly um, right yeah I have an actual lo uh, a, a logic behind my uh, how many dumb things I'm doing for sex out of five it is also a four point five but the only reason is because it's not a hall of famer to me in in that sense and it's not something I'm super nostalgic just that five seconds though. <laughs> Like you said, I should make it a five just for that. Yeah. I'm only – and there's nothing wrong with anything. Everything's solid. It's all great. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just something different about my fives, like what I give as a five. Yeah. So this gets everything but that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Oh, I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's the logic of that. Um, right. But man – all great jokes, the board game stuff, uh, I Care by Al Bundy. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, and and 
just Bud's whole thing, the fact that he's Grandmaster B again, <laughs> and with the same girl, believe it or not, and right. the stupid things he's doing for her, and she doesn't even... And it's weird, because you can't hate Kara until the end, because she, she doesn't seem like she's deliberately torturing Bud or anything. She's not doing it maliciously. She really just wants to... She, she wants adrenaline. She wants that adrenaline rush out of life. Right. And that's cool that she wants to do that with Bud. Mm-hmm. She's not deliberately... And she does want something a little more meaningful than just sex. So you gotta respect that, I guess, on some level. Even though she has no intention on giving it to him, that's messed up. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like she has good intentions. Like, maybe that's what she thinks she wants. But in the end, no. <laughs> you know? She's just right back to what she's been doing. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's like, do you hate her for that? It's like, she wanted something more meaningful and a deeper thing, but then Bud is sitting there plummeting to his death, and you just suddenly realize that Biff is a hot guy. Right. And that you just have to have sex with him? I mean... Uh, right. I think I think it more points to, like, that's, that's on Bud. Like, it just... <laughs> that, uh, uh, Unfortunately, Bud is that guy. It's the Bundy curse, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it wasn't necessarily like she's mean spirited, but I love how they take different angles for for Bud to disappoint, <laughs> right. you know, and yeah. fail. Like it, it can be many different angles, and this is just one more. So now, like this is more of just like a sad and pathetic one, <laughs> right? Yeah. That joke and that scenario was not set up for us to decide if we like or don't like Kara anymore. Totally. It's more like, this is Bud's luck. This is his lot in life. <laughs> exactly. This is his birthright. He's that guy. Right. That's all that's really supposed to be conveying to you. Nothing about Kara. Right. So, wow. Sorry to hear that, Bud. <laughs> Tune in next week as we review Just Shoe It. Al lands a role in a commercial with Sugar Ray Leonard, Steve Carlton, and Ed Tutal Jones. (laughs) 